0: Give online in our mobile app, or text the word "giving" to five nine seven six nine. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
2: Bibles up! Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm listening to my phone because I got the Harvest mobile app. You can listen to the whole Bible in one year. Let's uh, in one year. And it'll read it to you. It's amazing. Our app's getting ready to go through an upgrade, so just be mindful of that Um, uh, here soon. If it comes out and it says updated, then that's that's us doing it. You ready? Let's go. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, Amen. Say, God, I'm ready. You ready? ready. ready. Let's go. Let's go to work, guys. So this is the last message in our series. She's a bad mama. Listen. Um, I've been giving you some lessons from some ladies of the Bible that apply to both men and women. Think about it. We've talked about some amazing ladies. Uh, Hannah. Hannah was barren. In fact, the scripture says that she wasn't just barren, that the Lord had closed her womb. But Hannah begins to take actions that reverse the curse and the course of her life. And for many of you, I need you to hear me. There are certain things that God will allow to happen in your life that he wants to see how you're going to respond and how you're going to react. And I need you to hear me. I don't need you to let the bad hand make you act bad. I don't need you to let the bad situation cause you to act poorly. Instead, you look at a bad hand and learn how to play that thing well. I need you to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ was that no matter what he faced, he knew that there was a way out of it. He was 100% God and 100% man at the same time, which means there was a part of him that wanted to be divine, but there was a part of him that wanted to be human. But he always leaned over to that divine side, and I need you to learn how to do the same thing. Even when you're facing an uh, obstacle that seems like you'll never overcome it, lean onto that divine side and say, all things work together for my good it doesn't look good doesn't feel good in fact it looks like an insurmountable obstacle but i watched jesus do it and i can do it i watched hannah do it and i know that i can do it i introduced you to a woman with a reputation her name was rahab and what we learned is that god used her and he used all of her resume for his good and let that be a revelation that no matter what you've been through god's gonna use it all even the stuff that you thought was wasted time, it was not wasted. He's going to use it. Even the portions of your story you don't want anybody to know. Let's talk for a moment. There are portions of our background we don't want anybody to know because we think that those are the portions that disqualify us. Now, realizing that it was in those moments that where we really met Jesus for real. It is in those moments that we look back on and think that disqualify us that we met the Lord for real. See, you didn't meet him on a mountaintop. You, mount, you met him in the middle of a valley. You met him when you were feeling depressed, feeling with, full of anxiety, feeling full of uh, uh, angst and, and, and apprehension about your future. I wish you would be real in this building and online that we both found Jesus not in the best of places, but in the worst of places. But he says, I'm going to use your worst and I'm going to extract the best up out of it. And nothing that you've been through will ever be wasted. I introduce you to two bad mama jammers, Deborah and JL. Deborah was a judge. God used her as an ordinary woman to do something divine. And when she needed some backup, JL came and finished off what she was not able to finish. And I pray that you had some JLs in your life and in your circle that whatever you can't finish, they'll finish for you. For many of us, you've spent your life carrying the weight of other people. But as you enter them through your next 12, God's about to send some people that can help you carry I wish you acted like your next 12 are going to be your best 12. For years, you've had to be the strong one in your family. But God's about to send somebody that ain't your family to come make up for your... I need you to say my next 12 will be my best 12. My next 12 will be my best 12. I'm introducing you to some amazing bad mama jammers, Some amazing ladies. And today, I want to introduce you to Mary, Jesus' mama. I say it like that on purpose so you understand there's a distinction between her and the other Mary that we see in the gospels. There's a Mary who's given the surname Magdalene, not because that's her last name, but because that's where she's from. The scripture says that the Lord heals her of seven demons. What's amazing is only one of the gospel writers records it that way, which is significant because God says in essence, I don't need everybody to know everything. There are certain parts of your story that, watch me, that you're going to have to tell it because I covered it. In other words, I never need you to be ashamed of anything that you've been through. In fact, you need to learn how to tell your own story so that the enemy can never use it against you. When you learn how to take control of your own story, if he tries to threaten you and you did this, you did that, you can say, listen, let the Redeemer of the Lord say, I may have done everything that you said that I did, but I am not who you say that I am because... All of my story is being used for God's glory. Interestingly enough, Mary Magdalene and Mary, Jesus' mother, and John were the three standing at the cross. Out of the thousands that Jesus helped, only three were standing there in his worst moment. Let this be a lesson for all of us that sometimes in your worst moments, God shoos the crowd away so that you can see where your real help is coming from. And I know we sometimes spend a lot of time talking about who walked out of our lives. Here's the question. Can you celebrate who's still in your life? Can you celebrate the people who said, I'm your friend, and even if you got a little attitude with me, I'm still. Can you celebrate the people that told you the truth, even when the truth was risking the relate? So look, uh, we are introduced to her in Luke chapter 1. Luke is a Gentile. That means a non-Hebrew physician. He's a doctor. So when Luke gives his telling of our introduction to Mary, it's very different than the others. See, Matthew, when he's telling the story, she's in introducing a few verses after a long genealogy is given. Interestingly enough, Rahab's in that genealogy. The one that everybody looked at and says she's got a past. God says, that's exactly why I picked her. For everybody under the sound of my voice, you' like, but I got some stuff in my past and even in my present. Can I tell you, that's exactly why he picked you. Because he knows you're not going to get arrogant. You're not going to get beside yourself. But you'll realize what God's doing through me, he's doing it by his grace and by his mercy. Because my past doesn't qualify me. My present doesn't qualify me. But his grace is there anybody that knows something about his grace and his mercy. His grace is when he gives me something good I don't deserve. And his mercy is when he blocks the negative things that I do deserve. And you're not here because of your education. You're not here because of your pedigree. You're not here because of the family you were born into. You are only here because grace and mercy have been following you all the days of your life. Why do they follow you? To clean up? So look, when Luke tells the story, Luke tells the story now from a very detailed point of view right. and a very detailed perspective that Matthew doesn't Mark doesn't John is not one of the synoptic gospels John writes his gospel years later Um, And he recalls he says in the beginning was the word he he goes back and he connects things that were before to the things that were contemporary and he connects them. So out of Matthew, Mark and Luke, Luke, Dr. Luke, he tells his story with a level of detail that nobody else tells. So look, Luke 1 and 8, he starts with how we get to Mary, because it's very easy for you to look at a person and not know the person's background. It's very easy for you to look at a person's glory today and not know their story of yesterday. It's very easy to look at a person on the mountaintop but not know the struggle that they had in the valley to get to that mountain. And for many of us, I need you to hear me. Your story is about to finally make sense. Your story is about to finally come together. Because Mary didn't understand that she was playing a part in a much bigger story that starts and predates her. So here we are in Luke chapter 1, verse 8. We're introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Say that with me, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Say it again with me, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, Zachariah is a priest, and the Bible says he was on duty, and he was serving, which means he's a spiritual man, and he's serving. Let me see if I can say it another way. He's a saved man, and he's serving, but there's a problem. Say, what's the problem, Bishop? <laughs> the problem is his wife, Elizabeth, is barren. Now, that's an interesting paradox because her name means abundance. So, how does your name mean abundance, but yet you're barren? How does your name imply favor, yet you're frustrated by what you cannot produce? Let's go. He saved any servant. And we get to verse 13. The Lord sends an angel to him. And the angel says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Why? Because your prayer has been heard. Let's stop right here. For some of us, you've been praying and you ain't seen nothing yet. But I'm here to tell you it's because you're about to realize that what God does next is going to make you say you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying today. In other words, God says, I heard you praying in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. And I know it looks like I didn't do anything, but come December, I'm ready to answer your prayers. Please lift up your heads in this building and online. Say the answers here. He says, "Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you're going to give him the name John." Check this out. He says, "Normally, as a Hebrew and especially as a priest, you would name your son after you. Instead, you're going to name John. Uh, you're going to name him John, which means what you're about to produce isn't normal. It's not the usual. And this is where we run into challenges because we always fear something that's new." We always fear something that's different. We always fear something that is not what we are accustomed to and used to. Question, why well, pray for God to do something new, then when he does it, you try to turn it into something old? Why well, say, God, I want, new, I want a new experience with you, and then the moment it's different than what you're used to, you try to take it back to what it used to be? Why pray for new friendships if you're going to act the same way you did with the last friendship? Y'all ain't going to talk. Why pray for a new pastor if you're going to act the same way you did with the last one? Y'all ain't going to talk. Why pray for a new business opportunity if you're going to drop this one like you do everything else? This is not going to be your normal. He says, you're going to name him John. But I need you to look at Zacharias' response. So remember, he's saved and he's serving. He's on duty. And look at what he says. How can I be sure of this? Everybody look at me. For years, here's what the body of Christ has taught, and it is not Bible. That fear is the opposite of faith. That's not true. It's nowhere in the Bible. The opposite of faith isn't fear, it's certainty. Faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. Evidence of things not seen. Which means I'm choosing to believe something simply because I got a hunch. I'm choosing to believe something simply because I saw it in his word. And if he did it for that one, he can do it for me. And if God is no respecter of persons, if he opened the Red Sea for somebody else, he can open up whatever thing I'm facing in front of me. He's no respecter of persons. It's substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, which means the opposite of faith is not fear because implied in faith is fear. Substance of something I'm hoping for. The evidence of something I can't see. By its very nature, that's going to invoke fear. Why? Because it's unknown. And I need you to hear me. In the next 12 months of your life, you stepping into the unknown. Yep. <laughs> You ain't going to have a point of reference for this. It's going to be new, and I need you to embrace it. Where do we start preaching in in the year 2020? All things new. Where are we going to end preaching in the year 2020? All things new. Why? God says, I'm doing something new, and I need you to stop trying to make it like it used to be. Stop trying to make those people do what they used to do in your life. I got them doing something new in your life. This is not that. Well, Bishop, I thought the Bible says God has given us a spirit of fear. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do it. We do it. How do we do it? Our experiences do it to us. Our failures give us a sensation of fear. If you've ever failed before, you're scared to fail again. So whenever you face something now, your first mind is failure. All right, let me prove it to you. How many of you, watch me, when you started getting your hopes up, you started thinking, ah, it's probably not going to (laughs) work. But then your successes can also create fear. David, when he takes down Goliath, David has no experience. He only has preparation. But there were other giants that David had to fight in his life that the Bible reveals to us and makes it very clear that David needed some help. One of those men's name was Abishai. Abishai came and he gave David help because watch me. Now he's got experience and that experience makes him fear failure because he's already been a success. Sometimes your past success will make you fear what's in your future because you wonder, can you replicate what you've already done? I'm going to tell you, you're not just going to replicate it, you're going to beat it. This is going to be better than anything you've ever done. And I hear some of y'all saying, but Bishop, I'm in my 60s, my 70s, my 80s. Your ladder will be greater. I need you to realize your best days are not behind you. Somebody say, they are here and now. They are here and now. He says, how can I be sure of this? He says, how can I be sure of this? In other words, he's saying, how can I have certainty? Which means now he's not walking by faith. Because he wants certainty. He wants proof. He, he, he wants proof. And God says, well, didn't you pray for it? Check. S- somebody say he prayed for it. Pray. Right, so if he prayed for it, we got that check mark down. Then not only did you pray for it, an angel came and personally brought you the message. Angel in Greek, the language of our New Testament, it's, it's the same word as pastor, which is Pomen, poimen. P-O-I-M-E-N. Check this out. He says, so I gave you a message to confirm what you prayed for was coming. And when I gave you a message, see, we don't come to church just to hear a sermon. That's what we call them life-giving messages. Why? Because this is not just to give you three points on a hoop. This is to give you instructions for your life. The Bible says, I am come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. He says, so I gave you confirmation by coming up and telling you this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you prayed, that was proof of your hope. When you prayed, that was proof of your hope. When you prayed, that was proof of your hope. When you prayed, that was proof of your hope. Faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of something not seen. So now you want to see it? Zechariah, you're spiritual and you're serving. You're saved and you're serving. But the way you're coming in me is putting a hurting on my ears. Because how have you walked by faith all these years? And now that you're facing the thing that you really want most. Now that you're at the gateway of what you really want most. Y'all will get it in a second. Now that you're standing at the precipice of what you really want most. You didn't lost your mind. He says, he says, I'll tell you what he says. Zechariah says, I'm an old man and my wife, she's up there too. In other words, Zechariah said, me and Lizzie ain't been getting busy. And if me and Lizzie ain't been getting busy, ain't no way no child is going to come. I look over at her and say, let's get it on. And she says, let's take a nap. Married people. All right, look, look, look at verse 20. So the angel, the angel basically is like, are you serious? Everything you've done up to this point, you did it by faith. And now that you're at the gateway of what you really want most, because if we're all honest, there's a lot of stuff we pray for, but there's something we really want. Yeah. we are the real people at in the building online? Do they have a, there's a lot of stuff we pray for, but there's something we really want. Yeah. Zachariah just got confirmation, hey, it's coming. Yeah. And when he gets the email from Amazon to say your package is on the way, he calls customer service. And says, prove to me it's coming by giving me the shipping shipping code. The tracking number, thank you. Tells you how much I call Amazon. (laughs) He says, prove it to me. In other words, here's the real truth. I'm saved and I'm serving, but I don't trust you. Here's what he's really saying. I trust my progress. And I trust my success. Because God, I now want you to give me proof. Give me proof. The message is not enough. The prophecy is not enough. I want proof now. So look at what the angel says. And I need everybody to hear me. You ain't going to say nothing. You're going to be unable to speak until the day this comes to pass. In other words, I'm going to make you silent so you can't seek it. Let me help everybody hear me. And let me help everybody understand this. There are certain things in life that's been happening to you over these last few months where you have wanted to say something, but couldn't say something. And you were wondering, why in the world couldn't I open my, who am I talking to? Let me tell you why. God shut your mouth. He shut your mouth and shut your words down so that you wouldn't sink it. Because when you heard yourself say it, something in you was going to try to doubt him. So he said, I won't even let you say anything. Because you're going to sink it. You're going to try to rationalize how it's going to happen. So there are certain things. Everybody listen to me. There are certain things. Ready? I need to preach it. This is 1115. There are certain things God will shut your mouth so you can't sink it. But watch me. There's other times God will shut your mouth so you don't tell the enemy what to attack. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Because he doesn't know what you think. Since the enemy doesn't know what you think. The only way he knows what you're about to do is because of what you say. So there are some times you want to say something, but you can't say something. Why? Because God says, I don't need to let the enemy know what to attack. Because any time a word is released, now there comes a counterattack. Got it? He says, you're going to be unable to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words. But he says, this is going to be fulfilled at the proper time. Which means, everybody listen, that means for Roughly 10 months, he can't speak. He got it. For roughly 10 months, let me see if I can say it another way. His communication patterns are changed because he's not around everybody he's used to being around. Let me see if I can say it another way. For roughly 10 months, he's got to physically distance. You'll catch it in a minute. Because God says, listen, I need to get you into a place, Zechariah, where your faith goes to a whole nother level. And there are certain things that I need you not to be able to say and not to be able to do because I need you to be able to give birth to this. Because this is going to happen when? Look at the screen. At its proper time. Please make this declaration and say, it's time. Uh-uh. Make this declaration and say, it's my time. You don't say it like you believe it, and I need you to act like you believe it. Please say that with some authority in your mouth. Say, it's my time. time. Say, it's the proper time. time. Uh Uh-uh, you still don't believe it because you would have put a praise on the end of that. Time for what, Bishop? What have you prayed for? Because it's now time to possess that. On three, I need you to say, it's my time. One, two, three. Some of y'all can't even say it because your mind is messing with you. Your fear is messing with you. Your need for certainty is messing with you. I'm going to give you one more time. On three Holly, it's my time. One, two, three. Put a praise on the end of that right there. Why is this important? Look at verse 22. When he came out, he was unable to speak to them. Now that's interesting because Uh, although he couldn't speak to anyone, I like that this verse specifically says them. Because there are certain people that over the last 10 months, watch me, there's been distance. And even when you could be around, you didn't want to be around. (laughs) Who am I talking to? Because there's been distance. Because there are certain people God says, listen, not only can you not speak to everybody about this, but you sure can't speak to them about this. Why? Because they're going to make you abort this thing like they do what they do in their life. They're going to make you give up like what they do. They're going to introduce doubt. They're going to introduce fear. They're trying to be nice, but what they're really doing is introducing doubt. So everybody has a them that God says, no, you can't talk to them. Nope. And even when you tried to call them, they normally always answer the phone. This time they didn't answer the phone. Can I answer some of that for y'all? For some of that is the Lord saying, maybe you didn't understand what I said. But I said what I said. And you can't talk to them. Uh Uh-oh, let's go deeper. He couldn't talk to his wife about it. Oh, that's deep, right? He couldn't talk to his spouse about it. He literally can't speak to anyone. He can't t- speak to his spouse about it. He can't speak to his boss about it. He can't talk to the high priest about it. He's a priest. He's a high priest. He can't speak to his. Which means he can't speak to his leader. But God's like, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. you can't talk about this with anybody. And to make sure you don't, because I know you slick. I'm going to make it so you can't talk at all. So for some of you, watch me, you've been socially withdrawn. Here it is. This ain't for everybody, but it's for somebody. And you thought there was something wrong. I need you to hear me. There was nothing wrong. It was something spiritual. Not for everybody, but it's for somebody. So look, so he remained what? Speechless. But look at this verse. He says, and he signaled to them. In other words, his life was signaling that something new happening. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. Sometimes you have to see yourself signal because you can't articulate what it is that's actually happening in you. Let me back that thing up because you missed it. You ever had something happening and you were like, and somebody says, so tell me what's going on. I, 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 I. I don't really know how to explain it. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, you know, I just like. And so sometimes when you're trying to articulate it, you go back to what you're used to saying. Because you're like, I don't even know how to say what it is that's happening. I just know that's what's happening. It's new. I just know that what's going on in me is not like it used to be. So my life begins signaling to me it's time to move forward. My life begins signaling to me, watch me. Don't you worry about who ain't with you, go with the goers. My life begins signaling to me that all things are new. <laughs> Verse 24, after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. Wait a minute. That means this time when he said, Lizzie, let's get busy. Marry people. Lizzie was like, okay. (laughs) And then he told her like Johnny Gill, put on your red dress. (laughs) And that sweet perfume, that's a different song. (laughs) But you know I love you. All right, so look, (laughs) look, 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 everybody listen. What didn't work before all of a sudden works now gonna talk to y'all because these people over here don't listen. They didn't get it. He's been trying this same thing for months. For years. With zero fruit. But after he got a message from the angel. After he got a word from the Lord at church. All of a sudden this time it be I'm going to talk to these people because they had sent him. I'm going to tell some of y'all, I know it didn't work the first 10 months of this year. I know it didn't work in the month of November. But I just need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, but watch it work in December. I've been doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and getting no results. But all of a sudden, after these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. Which means, watch me, they did the same thing they had been doing, but now this time there's fruit.
1: Mm.
2: they did the same thing they've been doing but this time there's fruit and this is not just any ordinary fruit let's talk this is going to be john who is the reincarnation of uh, elijah which means this is no regular son the son, what you're getting ready to give birth to watch me was heralded in the ancient times as one of the greatest prophets that ever did live. in other words what you're giving birth to is about to be worth your weight What you're giving birth to, Elizabeth, is going to be worth your way. I kept you bearing because I didn't want you to have just any boy. I wanted to give you the boy that's going to pave the way for Jesus. And for some of us, God says, I kept you from producing because when you finally do produce, it's about to shake the world. It's about. Look, after these days, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. (laughs) She's pregnant with who? John, who we call the Baptist, not because he was a Baptist. Not because the more specific term is a baptizer, which is a Hebrew term, mikvah. Jesus literally had to be ordained by her son. When he's baptized, he doesn't need his sins washed. He's God. When he's baptized, that's a Hebrew custom called mikvah, which meant that was his ordination. So John is necessary for Jesus to be validated. Which means for some of you, you won't have the seat, but you're going to validate who sits in the seat. For some of you, you won't have the position, but you're going to control who sits in the position. Ah, Come on, I want to preach. Let's go. After these days, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months. Five is the biblical number of grace and favor. That means God says, I'm going to give you the grace to handle it. What does the Bible say? She was in seclusion for five months. In other words, God says, I'm going to keep you over here by yourself because for five months, I need you to learn how to handle in private what's about to be public. I need you to learn private discipline so you can have public success. Y'all gonna catch it in a minute. I need nobody to know who you are and I'm gonna keep you down over here privately so, so you get the grace to handle your gifts, your talents, your skills, and your abilities privately. So when I make you public, you ain't gonna fall. When I make you public, you're not gonna stumble. When I make you public, you're not gonna make the mistakes like everybody else. I need you to be grateful that he kept you in seclusion. I need you to be grateful that he kept you over here behind the curtains, behind the scenes. But come December, you're about to come out. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm coming out. Say it again, I'm coming out. He says, for five months, I'm putting you in private. You need to learn how to handle this stuff in private. Because there's not everything that everybody needs to see in public. I need you to discipline yourself in private. I need you to learn how to how to carry. Watch me. You've never carried a baby. So I need you to learn how to walk with this thing. Come on. I, and I don't need you tripping over yourself when you get in front of all the other ladies because they're going to look to you as an example of how to be. I need you to learn how to handle I need you to learn how to handle this betrayal in private. I don't need you bleeding over everybody every time you go somewhere because somebody hurt you. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I need you to learn how to deal with this in private, Elizabeth. For five months, I'm going to give you the grace to handle it. I'm going to give you the grace to handle what people used to judge you for. I'm going to give you the grace to handle being debt free. Let's go. I'm going to give you the grace to handle it. For five months, he's in seclusion. quarantine. So Zechariah is, and she is. He can't talk until the baby is born, and he names the baby properly. Even when she's pregnant, he can't talk to her. Some of you, you need to give some people around you a little bit of room to be human. Why? Because they're carrying something that you don't know nothing about. And you don't understand it. You, you can't comprehend it. And that's because you're not carrying what they're carrying. Because while God is going to do something great for y'all, he's doing something amazing for you individually. So what happens? She declared. Somebody says she declared. Come on, talk to me like an army. Says she declared. She declared this. She says, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown me favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Stop. Season in seclusion, and she calls it favor. What do you calls call your seclusion? What do you call your moments of isolation? Wow. What do you call your moments where your phone is dry? Translation, 1115, a dry phone means it's not ringing. No text. No emails. If it beeps, you run through the house like, ah, here it go. Oh, that ain't nothing but the news. What do you do? What do you name your seclusion? Let me see if I can say this another way. What do you name the confusing parts of your life? Because she named hers favor. Favor means preferential treatment. She said, he ain't treating everybody like this, which means he ain't about to bless everybody like he about to bless me. You missed it. I'm going to try y'all one more game. Please get it right this time. right, You ready? In other words, here's what she says. She says, everybody I know is not dealing with what I'm dealing with. So since I have to live like nobody else, he's about to bless me like nobody else. Let me try. Come on. Come on. Come on, Harvest Worship. In other words, if God's doing something in my life, I don't see him doing it in anybody else's life. That means he's about to bless me like he's not a. She named it favor. She said, ain't nobody else have to deal with what I have to deal with. I want to preach now. She's like, nobody else has to deal with this hand that I have. Nobody else has to deal with these challenges. Watch me. Why me? Why do I have to deal with these challenges? Why do I have to be in this city? Why do I have to deal with this job? Why do I have to deal with this? And God says, because I'm about to do for you what I didn't do for them. What do you name your confusing moments? And I need you to name them one thing and one thing only. You type it on the screen in the building, you shout it on three. Name whatever's been confusing you, whatever's been perplexing you. Call it favor. One, two, three. Favor. (laughs) Favor is preferential treatment, which means if he can treat me like nobody else, he'll treat me like nobody else. You'll catch it in the morning. So look. He's shown me favor. He's taken away my disgrace among the people. Because for a while, Elizabeth was like, something's wrong with me. God don't love me. We're spiritual. We're saved and serving. But we're missing something. We're on prayer, but we feel like we're missing something. We're sowing, but we feel like we're missing something. We're faithful, but we feel like we're missing something. And God says, but it's about to be worth the wait. Come on, I wish I had faith in the room. It's about to be worth the wait. So look, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee. Galilee means surge, electrical current in, in Greek, the language of our New Testament. And this town in Galilee, it means it's Nazareth. Say Nazareth. He's called Jesus of Nazareth. This is where his mama from. You ready? Here's what Nazareth means, separated. Uh-oh. Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. i discovered something about God. I was watching this, uh, this TV show. There's a there's church I went to visit one time, and I was there on an off day, and they had this big aquarium. And it they, they was on this show about where they make these custom aquariums. And, it's, I mean, all kind of uh, fish, because they said, make us fishers as a Well, they literally have a, an aquarium in their church. I said, I like that. I'm going to look at yours, though. That looks like a whole lot of maintenance. I <laughs> I'm just going to watch yours. And so, I mean, it's massive aquarium. Literally, you walk into the church, you look up, and you see fish and sharks and all kind of things and all of that. And, and I saw it on the TV show. Everybody listen. And here's what they said. Um, they said, well, when you introduce a new fish, everybody listen. They said, you can't just throw them in there with the other fish. They said, you have to keep them in seclusion and isolation in a plastic bag, you put them in the water, but they're still separated from everybody else in the water so they can learn how to live at this new temperature. So they can learn how to live in this new environment. I've learned, for y'all better hear me today, that whenever God's about to put you in a bigger pond, in a bigger ocean, you better hear me today, whenever he's about to take you to something bigger, he first puts you in seclusion to make sure you learn how to operate in this new environment. So here it is again. Look at the verse. Here it is again. Separated, then sanctified. If you go to an old school church, you thought sanctified just meant wearing on white. You thought sanctified meant white orthopedic shoes with the gold dot. No. Sanctified means set apart for a special purpose. Here it is again. Separated. Mm-mm, you can't go over there with them. Mm-mm, you can't be over there with them. Mm-mm, you can't hang out with them. I just want to have fun, not with them. Some of y'all are gonna understand, cause even when you try to reach, you they don't reach back. Let's go. God says no, not with them. Mm-mm, not with them. Nope. I've invested too much into you for you to go waste it in that. In- I've invested too much in you for you to go waste. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You are not gonna get off focus because if you get around her, you're gonna get unfocused. You get around him, you're gonna get unfocused. But I've been knowing them for years, and guess what? They still been where they going, but you headed somewhere new. They've been where they going, but you headed somewhere new. Pulled aside. Sanctified. Not weird. Just unable to be part of your clique. Of your crew. Because if you about to run them, you can't be part of them. Separate, ooh, that one made me shout right there. Come on. Separated, sanctified, here's the next word crowned. Shut up. Not literally, it's a figure piece. Some of y'all, no, it's a figure piece. Say crowned. So check this out the same place, come here, blue. Sit down right here. Um, sit down right there. Give me a hat. Because I don't have no crown. <laughs> I'll take your hat. Some of y'all are like, oh, Bishop, let me get my hat right before I get my hat. <laughs> He's just going to call on my hat. The Lord has need of your hat. <laughs> you ready? That's why you always got to stay ready. So you got to get ready. All right? Take this out. The same place you're separated. The same place you're sanctified is the same place you're crowned. (laughs) Come on, G. Listen, it's the same place you're crowned. You'll catch it in a minute. you miss it. God says, if you can handle being separate, if you can handle being sanctified, if you can handle being in Nazareth, where Nazareth—watch me—it's worse than a valley because it means a bowl. That's why in John 146 they said, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" In any, in any, in other words, if I can handle my Nazareth well, the same place that tortured me is the same place gonna make me triumph. The same place where I was the bottom, he'll make me the top. The sa- I need you to say, "Thank God for my Nazareth." No, no, no. Stay close, though. Listen, separated, sanctified, say crowned. Wow. The same place. I'm going to just borrow your hat for a minute. The Lord has need. All right, look. look. Look, look, look. Look, look, look. Look, What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? He's like, where is it at? It's coming. I just need to make sure you're watching. Look. The same place. That I'm separated in, that I'm sanctified in, is the same place that crowns me. What does the crown represent? It gives me authority. See, the reason you ain't afraid of no enemy, the reason you ain't afraid of the devil, the reason you ain't afraid of haters, is because, listen, I've already been crowned. I, th- I know how to handle. You ain't scaring me, baby. I've already Revelation 5.10, and he makes us to be kings and priests, which means I'm spiritual and successful. I can pray and I can slay, but I have to stay in Nazareth long enough. Shut it up. Wow. Oh, wow, wow. That was for me. Please, excuse me. I have to stay in Nazareth long enough to make sure that the crown sticks. Let's go. I had to stay in Nazareth long enough to make sure I got everything out of it I was supposed to get out of it and for some of you, you better hear the prophetic word of the Lord, you have been in a Nazareth place, maybe it's your city, maybe it's a place in life, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a financial place, but I'm here to tell you you're about to bust out of your Nazareth that's a word for me that's a word for me, you're about to bust out of your Nazareth, can we say it one more time, say I'm coming out Say it again, I'm coming out. Look, 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 woo, look, <laughs> look. Look, look, I got to go. Verse 27. So she's a virgin, pledged in marriage to a man named Joe. Joseph. Joseph's name means, in Hebrew, the Lord continues to increase me. He's from the house of David. The scripture said that Jesus would be in that lineage. And the virgin's name was what? Mary. Say there's something, Mary. there's something about Mary. Can I introduce you to a part of her you've never seen, though? I'm almost done. See, here's how we see Mary we see Mary as this innocent, especially if you come from like a Catholic background where they venerate her. She's not deity, she's a regular woman. Got it? She ain't a virgin no more either. After Joe waited, Joe was like, "Now come on. (laughs) I've been waiting. Let's go. (laughs) She's not not a virgin. (laughs) She ain't no virgin. (laughs) No more. But look, can I introduce you to the real Mary? Because when you think of her, you think, oh, Mary, did you know? That's your baby boy. Mary, did you know? But can I introduce you to Mary J? Because he was searching for a real love. We all love. I don't know the words. I tried it though. I need them words on the back of the screen. Let's go. (laughs) Listen. Harvest of having a whole concert. Listen, be spiritual. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm joking. Everybody say Mary. Mary. Mary, her name introduces her story that you've never seen until today. I'm about to tell your story. See, Mary's name means I wish for a child. Child doesn't just specifically mean child. In the Hebrew culture, your child as a woman was seen as your worth, and every woman, hear me, but some of you may not have children ever, and you need to be okay with that. What well, you will have as nieces and nephews and, and little ones, and, 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 and you'll birth a business, and you'll birth a ministry, and you'll birth a nonprofit. I need you never to feel like you're missing something because you don't have a physical child. You are not missing anything other than sleep that you get to have. All right, look, 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 wish for a child. Check this out. In other words, here's what she says. As a Hebrew woman, here's what her real complaint is. I want more for my life. And I'm in Nazareth where nothing good comes out of this place. Nothing good comes out of this city. Nothing good comes out of this town. Nothing good comes out of this, watch me, this place I am in life. Nothing good comes out of this. It's not even a valley, it's worse than a valley, it's a bowl. Literally, Nazareth means bowl. There's no perceived beginning or ending. All you do is keep going in cycles and circles. Everybody in Nazareth was talking the same talk. I'm about to do this, I'm fixing to do this, I'm finishing it, and everybody had been where they were going until we got to Mary. Mary, hear me every woman, watch me. She was the first one to do this in her bloodline. Hear me, every man. Mary was the first one to ever do this in her blood. Now, here it is. I'm almost done. Her name means wished for. She wanted more for her life. She's like, I'm grateful. God is good. But I want more. I'm grateful. God, you've been amazing to me. But I know there's more I can carry. There's more that I can do. God, here it is. I'm being underutilized. Because there's more in me than Nazareth has the ability to pull up out of me. So, because she wishes for better, watch her name progress. She rebels. Shut up. It's right there on the screen. Her name, it goes from wishing for something better to rebellion. Which means when we want something better, what do we often do? If we feel like God's taking too long, we do it ourselves. It's called a distraction. You've gotten yourself in the midst of distractions because you want something better and you feel like, God, you're taking too long to do this. Can I give you Bible to back that up? Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. You're going to name his name Isaac. Abraham and Sarah looking at one another. This is taking too long. So Sarah says, let me help God out. Let me help God out. Let me help God out. Let me rebel because we wish for more, but God has taken too long to do it. We want better, but God has taken too long to do it. We want more, but God has taken too long to do it. So here's what I'm going to do. Abraham, here's, here's Hagar, my maid servant. You y'all go on and have night. Now don't tell me nothing about it. Do you love her? <laughs> Look, don't tell me nothing about it. Just go. Just go. Just go. And and because God is taking too long. Evidently, this delay means I'm supposed to get involved. Evidently, God, that's good to me. Evidently, this delay means I need to be doing something. So it ends up happening, they have Ishmael. Ishmael comes out, and Abraham's like, oh, Lord, won't you bless Ishmael? And God's like, nope. I ain't going to be able to do it. I ain't going to be able to do it. He's just a child. I understand that. And because he didn't ask to be here, I'm going to bless him, but I'm not making a covenant with him. Because just because you made Ishmael does not mean I have to make a covenant with him. Let me see if I can say it another way. I'm not obligated to give you a bailout for what I never told you to build. So God says, no, I'm not doing that. I, I'm going to take care of the kid because you did this. He didn't ask to be here. But no, you're going to wait like I said, and then you're going to give me Isaac. Somebody say, like said, like he said. And since what I'm seeing ain't what he said, he's not done yet. <laughs> since what I'm seeing, it's not what he said. He's not done yet. Lay your hands on yourself say, so he's not done with me. Come on, let me finish. i got to finish giving the scripture. So look. So look, so look, so look. So she rebels, and we all do that. We all do Listen, some of you, you get bored. I'm going to come down your row. It's taking too long for the thing you want most. So you get bored by doing other things. Some of you are dating a distraction because you're bored. Y'all ain't going to say that to me and I promise you I don't care. (laughs) Here it is. You're doing, watch me. You're starting businesses and stuff you don't even like. Cause you're bored. You, we rebel. We do it our way. Like you're doing your own thing. So what happens when you rebel? When you rebel, whatever you build is gonna end in pain. So now look at the last part of her name. It's on the screen. So now you're bitter. This is all what her name means. This is the Mary you never knew. You just stop signing the robes. And So she's bitter now. Here it is. She's a bitter woman who wants more and can't have more. But there's something amazing about her. Because, y'all ready for this? Look at at verse uh, 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 28. The angel appeared to her and said, greetings. Hello. Shalom. You who are highly favored. Wait a minute. You frustrated, but you still favored. Let me see if I can say it this way. You rebelled a little bit and you even got bitter because what you built turned into pain, but you're still favored. Why? Because you remain faithful in the midst of your frustration. Can we worship God that even in the midst of our frustration, we've remained faithful? Come on. Not perfect, but faithful. May not be where I want to be, but I can think of it. I'm not where I used to be. Look. So Mary was greatly troubled at his words. You know why she's troubled at his words? Because she said, what kind of greeting is this going to be? Because she's used to bad reports. When your bitter good news is torture. So look, she's used to bad reports. And she's been been rebelling, so she thinks the angel is coming to judge. See, this is why you got to stop whatever you need to stop that you know you ain't got no business doing. Because when good news shows up, you'll disqualify yourself from it. Like, I don't deserve that. God's like, duh, that's why it's favor. If you deserved it, that would be reaping what you sow. This is called favor. And there's one thing that gets you favor, and that's faithfulness. He says, you have found favor with God. Somebody say, I found favor with God. Why? Because you've been faithful. faithful. We're going to see it in the story. You've been faithful. So check this out. Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You're going to give him the name Jesus. Now remember, I just introduced you to the part of her you never knew. As she's hearing this, she's like, (laughs) Oh my God. a son. What I really wanted most in life, I'm at the door of. What I've been praying for, I'm at the door. And it came in a moment where it looked like it wasn't going to come. It came in a moment where listen you conceive and you're going to give birth to a son. And here's what you're going to name him. You're going to name him Yeshua in Hebrew Jesus. Look at this. Look at this. You ready? Verse 34. So here goes Mary. How can this be? Mary asked the angel since I'm a virgin. She says listen now look I've been faithful she said now I rebelled a little bit but I told Jojo no no come on Lempathine, be real because everybody listen to this please listen to this. If you don't hear none of this the thing you don't protect will be the thing you need to produce had she rebelled like that God would have said I can't use your womb now for some of you, have been like, I'm doing right by God. I'm doing right by the word, but it don't seem like it's working. You're protecting something that's about to produce for you. You're protecting something that's about to produce for you. He couldn't have used the room had she... Come on, let 15 say something. Say it. It's the fifth Sunday, so I, I got a whole reservoir. I got 40 words I have not used yet that I don't reserve. Look, he says, and hey, look. She says, how is this going to be? Mm-hmm. I'm like a virgin. Verse 35, the angel replied, if look, the Holy Spirit, can you read it once you're ready to read? Two of y'all are reading. I'll read it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's how you read it. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Stop. He said, here's what you're going to do, Mary. You're going to go up in the spirit. There's a reason I take moments in the message and say worship. There's a reason on prayer I say stop worship. There's a reason I say lift your hands. There's a reason I say do all that. Because when you go up in the spirit, you don't know what's happening in you. He says the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. In other words, he says you're going to go spiritual. And when you go up in the spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to do in you what you can't do in yourself. Come on, let's practice on the last Sunday of this month in November. Can I get you to go up in the spirit for five minutes? What does that mean? Excuse me, for five seconds in worship and praise. Go, go, five, go, 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 four, come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, go up in the spirit, Atlanta. Go up, Miami. I know it feels weird. I I know it doesn't make sense, but this is how you're going to produce. This is how you're going to produce. This is how you're going to produce. The verse, I got to finish. Look, look. He says you're going to go up in the spirit and his power is going to overshadow you. And what you give birth to, Mary, is going to be worth the wait. Because you ain't giving birth to just no regular son. What you give birth to will be called king of kings. The Lord of Lords, the Great I Am. Let me translate this for you and I. It's about to be worth the wait because what you're about to produce is going to be way more substantial than what you had on your mind. You had a chun on your mind. I'm gonna give you the Son of God. You, y'all didn't hear what I said? You had a business on your mind. I'm gonna give you something you didn't have to labor to build. You had. Somebody say it'll be big. You're not saying it like you mean it. Say it'll be magnificent. Come on, prophesy, say it'll be amazing. amazing. (laughs) Look, look, Lizzie, your relative has conceived a son in her old age. And she was called barren. She's already six months alone. Look at the next verse. The words of God, the words of God are absolutely going to happen. They won't fail. Look at, look at Mary's response, and I need everybody to do this. I'm almost done. I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me according to your word. When she got it, the angel said, there's nothing else to talk about. Let me tell you why you need so much confirmation. You haven't obeyed the first instruction. When she agreed with what the message was, the angel's like, cool, I can go. But until you get it, I'm going to stay right here. I'll wake you up in the middle of the night. I'll disturb your sleep. I'll disturb your normal. Why? Because I need you to get this message because your next 12 are going to be better than your last 12. I look. I'm done. Look. look, look, look. So the angel leaves. Look. In other words, here's what Mary said. Whatever God wants from me, he gets from me. Yeah. Can all of us say that in this building online? Say, whatever God wants from me, he gets from me. On period. Oh. What does on period mean, Bishop? Just. That's it. Look at verse 39. In those days, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the uh, hill country of Judah. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, move fast this time. Here's how Christians move. Come here. But walk slower. Walk like Christians be walking. (laughs) Delayed obedience is disobedience. You lollygagging to get it done is telling heaven you don't really want it done. The Bible says she hurried and she got ready quickly. In other words, I need you to be ready because the phone's about to ring. I need you to be ready because the email's about to come. I need you to be ready because the opportunity's about to open for you. I need you to be ready. If you'll stay ready, you won't have to get ready. Say, I'm ready. He's ready. He's ready. Let's go. Let's go. So, look. So, then she goes to a hill country in Judah. Thank you. Hill country in Judah. Say praise. praise. I told you to keep it, right? Judah means praise. She entered the home of Zechariah. Not two from the 915. Y'all come on back. When she entered the home of Zechariah and she greeted Elizabeth. So, this Mary, this Liz, or Lizzie, as I call her. right, you ready? When she walks into the house, she greets her. Say she greets her. Go to the next verse for me, please. And when she greets her, when Elizabeth hears Mary greeting, Mary's greeting, her baby leaps. She in the house cooking, making macaroni and cheese, candy yams. I can't have no rose. Got to get my December body ready. Can't do that. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's keto. It's keto. Meal.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm just joking. Listen. When she walks into the house and she says shalom. Everybody say shalom. There are some people that when you get around them, your presence doesn't inspire them. But in December, you're going to meet some people that when you step in the room and greet them, something in them is about to come alive. There's some people in your life right now after today's message. When you step in the room, when they see you, something in them is going to come alive. I pray you'd be around people that make your baby leap. Be around people that would make your spirit jump. Why? This is the time for the saints of the Most High God to rise and possess the kingdom. Listen, all she had to do was greet her and her baby jump. What does that mean? Click, click. Say, my clicks are coming. And what I mean by that, not click like a a negative group of mean girls and mean boys, no. I mean, things are going to click into place. Things are going to click into place. We ain't even going to have to talk. When we meet, it's going to be like we've known one. another go click in the place. Her baby leaps, and what happens? She gets filled with the Holy Ghost. When she was at church on Sunday being spiritual, when it didn't make sense in the middle of a message, she walks around somebody else. but they didn't have to be at church, and she got filled with the Holy Ghost. What we do in here, what you do online, you're going to be able to carry that with you wherever you go. You're going to be a target, and people are going to come behind you and say, baby, I've you're going to walk in the stores and people going to get healed. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You're going to walk in the hospital and people on ventilators are going to get up out of the bed. I know what I'm saying. Blessed is he who believed that the word of the Lord will be fulfilled. So Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Ghost. She's jumping. She's shouting. And she tells Mary, blessed are you because you believe. Somebody say, Lord, I believe. What's proof she believed? She hurried up and got ready to get to Elizabeth. Listen, your preparation after a word like this determines whether or not you believe it. If you don't do nothing, you're not going to see nothing. But I think there's some of us that say, as soon as I get home from church, watch me! Here's the shout. From verses 46 to 55, Mary writes a song for this season of her life. She literally pins a whole new song. You know who else did a song? Hannah did. Because after years of a sad song, they, they say, look, the Lord has done this thing. And this is marvelous in my eyes. You got to go read a song. It's a, it's a hit. Look at verse 56. And then we're done. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. Then she went home. I need you to look on the screen and see what Elizabeth's name means. Abundance. What's three months? A season after years of wanting more and rebelling and even getting bitter for wanting more in one day y'all don't know when to shout in one day she now shifts from a season of not having it to a season of abundance on three, I need everybody in this building and everybody online. Online, you type it in the building, you shout it. One, two, three, say shift. Shift. Somebody say, my season shifting. shifting. To abundance. Now look, abundance is bigger than cast, cars, and clothes. Because none of them wanted cast, cars, and clothes. They had that. What they wanted was the thing that they wanted most that they couldn't have yet. For some of you, that's your children being saved. You're good. You don't need no money. You're fine. It'll you take some more, but that's not even your prayer. You're already blessed to be a blessing. For you, you want your kids saved. For you, you want your kids on fire. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Is that you? It's you. For some of you, watch me, you want joy like you've not had it. You got stuff, but you're miserable. You got lots of stuff, but you're angry all the time. You got lots of stuff, but you look constipated at church. How do you know I'm constipated? Look at your face. It's your face. Say a season of abundance is upon me. Introducing Mary. Jesus' mama. You didn't know that there's a story to how she got to where she was. She wasn't picked cuz she did everything right. She was picked cuz she wanted more. She began to rebel and even got bitter. But it was prophesied that Jesus had to be had, had to come out of Nazareth. So when he looked in Denver, or excuse me, Nazareth, when he looked in Atlanta, excuse me, NASA, when he looked at Miami, excuse me, listen, I'm going to preach to myself. When he looked at 14100 East Jewel Avenue, he saw one of his sons. Come on here, you up. He saw one of his daughters and said, up. They've been faithful. Since they've been faithful, they found favor of me. Hey, Gabriel, come here. Go tell her. I'm about to hook her up. Go tell him I'm about to take good care of him. Go tell him that it's about to be worth the wait. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.
0: Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com acp. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility. Decisions are made by the FCC.
1: Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.